Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is that you're listening to this broadcast. I'm sitting here with the uh, my homie with the chrome domey. <laughs> it's been a while since I I pulled that one out. I know I haven't heard that in a while, but yeah, Chris Einwechter, how are you doing this week, man? Good, TJ, doing good. Excited for what God has on this broadcast and for us in general, you know. This with this week, it's almost uh, Easter Sunday, which is an important day, you know, and uh, to celebrate. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, man, the year is just flying by. It's crazy. It's uh, this is our, I believe, fourth or fifth episode of this season. Right. And uh, yeah, we're just flying through them here. So yeah, it's pretty wild, man. And in light of that, you know, if you're listening to this, and you know. 2022 if you're listening to it in 2023 we are in March 2021 and this has been an interesting year Chris already uh you know 2020 was an interesting year in itself so if you kind of lump that all in with already what's going on you know in 2020 we saw COVID you know come to light and everything that brought with it and now we're into 2021, we had a major shift in uh, our executive branch in government. We had had a new ad- presidential administration come in. President Biden is now our president, um, and President Trump moved on. So we're seeing everything that comes when you have a major switch like that. You know, from a Republican conservative Republican Party to a, a liberal Democrat Party, and all of the agendas that they're trying to now push on the American people. So there's a lot that's happened. And this is, in my mind, I really wanted to try to switch gears a little bit and discuss, you know, some of what's going on over the last, you know, 15, 16, 17 months here. And, you know, it's it's been hard on people during right. COVID and, you know, and, and other things that have happened, you know, it, we, especially Christians, the last, the last year has been hard on Christians. We've been, you know, we've gotten very accustomed in this country to having our freedoms, freedom of speech, separation of church and state, you know, where churches are allowed to function and they're pretty much left alone by the government. Right. Yep. And we're seeing a lot of that change pretty quickly here. Um, and it's a little scary. So... Right. As the believer, you know, I'm just wondering, where do we stand on a lot of this stuff? Wow. Well, I'll agree with you that it's been a tough year for a lot of people. Um, You know, as you've already talked about, the political climate, all the different uh, controversies that, you know, have arisen over the last year, um, all, everything that... It's like our world changed overnight, so to speak, right? Yeah, it's a rapid, rapid change, man. It's yeah. like every day I feel like I'm waking up to something new, like somebody new being canceled, somebody, you know, something new happening on the political spectrum, you know, so there's a new variant with the virus, you know, it's like, it's mm. just wild. Yeah, yeah, it's true. There's always new new things happening daily and, you know, you gotta, as as the Christian, which is, you know, the way we'll, we'll come at it, all these things that we're talking about, 
what do you do? Because a lot of people have questions, you know. Uh, what do you do? Where do you stand? Where do you go? You know, what's next? <laughs> where Where do you go when your church is closed down? Right. Where do you go when your church is closed down, which happened to so many people. And, you know, the Bible says, do not forsake the assemblies of ourselves together because there's a reason, you know, when people are out of church, they're out of fellowship, they're out of the word on, you know, and uh, anything can happen. You know, I, I think we've talked about it before where when you're not in church, it's kind of like a, you're a sheep, right? The Bible calls us sheep and we have a shepherd. And when we're out of that, it's easy for the wolves to come and get that one sheep, mm. you know, but when we're in a pack, you know, we're strong, we're fellowshipping with each other, we're sharing life together. It's, it's, we're stronger as a unit than we are single, like a lone ranger. We can be taken out that much faster. And I've seen it as a pastor in a church where some people, because of COVID, have left the fellowship because of their fear of getting COVID especially some elderly folks, but I've, I've seen some younger folks. You mentioned a younger gentleman earlier who's younger than both of us. I think he's younger than you. I don't know. But anyway, he hasn't been back to church, you know? So it's, it's hard enough to keep pursuing the Lord in life with all the challenges that life have for the Christian and, and to keep your focus on Christ and the race that's before you, as the Bible calls it, let alone when you're given an opportunity for the church doors to shut and, and you know, you're like, hey, you have to stay home because of this pandemic. How much more will the enemy take advantage of that and keep people out of church for life? Like there are some people, TJ, that may never come back. I believe that. Yeah, you know? I believe that because of this pandemic, they may never That's step scary, foot in church it? again. Yeah, and it's sad to me that Christian leaders would take the side of your physical health. Now, physical health is important, right? Like, I definitely believe that. But we've learned a lot about this pandemic. You know, we've learned how you can protect yourself. And, you know, you, we've, lear <laughs> we've learned that we can pretty much have both. You know, there, yeah, we, there might be some cases here and there, but you, you got to find, you can find them quick. You can find some, if you find the COVID cases quick, you can segment them, get them away, let them heal, you know, get through their quarantine and then they can come back. Right. right? So we've learned a lot about this pandemic uh, over the last year. And, and I believe that we've learned that we can be present together while being safe together. Right. And, I definitely believe and that. I think we've proven that at our church. I think we've proven that because we have had no major outbreak. Right. You know, at our church, we've been open. We're safe. Yeah. You know, families stay spread out. You know, if you're uncomfortable, we wear masks, you know, that type of thing. So we've proven that it's possible. But you have very prominent church leaders who have locked their doors and will not open. Hmm. You know, and, and I, you know, I, in my notes, I had a couple names that I was going to throw out there, but I don't think I need to name names. You know, right. if you want to do the research, it's, it's easy enough to figure out who these, who these guys are. And a lot of these guys are people that we've looked up to in the past. Hmm. So it's jarring when you're reading exactly what you told in the beginning about the Bible, you know, saying, don't forsake the meeting together. Right. Yet you have 
very, like very before this, outspoken church leaders who had a huge following, who locked their doors and aren't going back until, you know, daddy says it's okay. Like daddy government says it's okay. Right. And that's, that, that's scary to me. And, and, and on, like, and it questions, you know, my heart questions, all right, well then where, like, where do we fall then? If you have, you have people on one side of this issue and people on the other side, other side of this issue where in the name of public health, they're shutting their doors and almost with, you know, a lack of concern for spiritual health. Yeah. Yeah. So that's scary. Yeah. It's scary because like we've already said, we know how damaging putting your faith on hold could be. Right. right. Not that, you know, maybe some of these uh, churches that you're speaking about or ministries, uh, well, maybe they were well-meaning thinking, you know, this is the best thing that we can do right now is completely shut down. But I think what we're seeing is even without a shutdown, you know, when we had a mandatory shutdown, uh, we're noticing that a lot of people aren't back. You right. Know, and they never came back. Right. Because it's so easy to fall away, you know? I mean... You have temptation. One of the things that Jesus told us to pray was, a lot of people forget this, myself included, when he talked about teaching the disciples how to pray, they said, Lord, teach us how to pray as you pray. And he started out, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Well, one of the things in the Our Father is lead us out of temptation, right? What does that tell us? That tells us that there's temptation in the world. Yeah, and to be concerned about it. And to be concerned about it, and to actually pray about it. But one of the temptations is not to come together in an assembly, not to come together in a church. That's a temptation. Right. Right? That you're going to be tempted with for until you get to heaven. Just like every other temptation. Right? And of course you can do things to get stronger so you can uh not be tempted. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. Psalm uh 119 verse 11. You hide God's word in your heart. Obviously makes you stronger to endure temptation. But with the point that you're making with the pandemic and people closing and all that, you would think that leaders of, of these large uh, ministries would say, would, would say things that we just said about temptation, about not forsaking the assemblies of ourselves together. Find a way, man, to get together. You know, if you can't open your doors for whatever reason, if your church burned down and you didn't have a building, find a way to still get together, go through the Word of God together, find a way, you know, because that's God's will, you know, it's in His Word. Do not forsake the assemblies of ourselves together. I I know there's a passage in the Bible in the Old Testament, I think it was King Josiah, who was very young when he became a king. They didn't have the Word of God, like they didn't have the Moses' law for some reason. It got forsaken, and they forgot about it. It got buried, and they did what they wanted to do. And they got further and further away from God. And as a result of them getting further away from God, they actually got in bondage by God, by God's hand. You know, he led them into bondage. So ultimately, someday they would cry out and come back to God. But one day, they were cleaning out a temple, and they found the the law. And they read it all day long. So, like, what I'm saying is there is, you know, danger. You ever hear that expression, Houston, we have a problem. The problem is, if you're not assembling together, you know, as a church body, when you can, 
right? You Like you said, you could do it safely. You can social distance. You can wear a mask. You could do what we do. We check, check temperatures at the door. I mean, we pretty much do everything that yeah, we... Yeah, we do sign-ups. We know who's coming in and out of church. Right, we try to limit uh, how many people are coming in. We, we're doing what we feel is the best we can do. Do we make mistakes? Absolutely. Yeah. But well, we also haven't had an outbreak. We haven't, right. you know, what they call a super spreader event. You would think, you know, all right, this should be a super spreader event. We haven't had one. Right. And thank God for that. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't. And, uh, but, you know, we are taking precautions. I right. mean, uh, you know, our ushers are wearing masks and, and uh, everybody in the lobby is wearing masks. You know, all our greeters, everybody, uh, we're checking temperatures. We're, we have uh, seats that are closed that you can't sit in. You know, because we want that distance. Yep. So I would say to these folks that are closed down, find a way to get back, you know, together. Right. It has to be important to you to get together. It has to be. Yeah. And and if you're listening and you're not in church because of those same things that we, you know, maybe you're elderly and you're concerned, you know, and uh, we get it. Um. Because there's two sides of the, the fence here that I've noticed. Because we've been criticized for uh, doing what we're doing. And we've been criticized for not doing more, not opening more. Right. I mean, it's amazing, the emails and the things that you'll get. Both sides. Yeah. Like, you guys shouldn't be open, and you guys should be open more. And we're like, man, we can't, can't please anybody. So you just got to figure out what the Lord wants you to do. Sorry about that email that I sent that said we should be open more. I, I apologize, church. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't think uh, if you listen into the show, I don't think uh, you'll have any trouble figuring out where I stand on the, on the side of this issue. Right. But yeah, I mean... I, it's just because I see it as such a necessity to get together, you know, and obviously it's critical. there's, it's critical. And obviously there's extenuating circumstances where, you know, you can't get together. Like you said, if you're elderly, if you have some health conditions, right. you know, obviously your health is important. Your physical health is important, oh, but yeah. you have to figure out some way to meet with people. It's so important to be with like-minded people. It's you know? critical. I'll say it again. It's critical. I'll use this analogy, which is a real life scenario. I think I've talked about it before. I know a family who were, they were active in worship. So they participated every Sunday with the worship team and, and leading people into worship. They had a son who was very good in baseball. Next thing you know, they were at the baseball field on a, on a Sunday and then they come back the next Sunday. Then they were the baseball field the following Sunday, and then the next Sunday they were in church. And long story short, TJ, they were nowhere to be found after a while. They were on the baseball field, right? Then their son never never really did anything in baseball, didn't go to college for baseball or anything like that. The 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 two parents wound up getting divorced. Yeah. And like it was just a train wreck, you know? But I look back and I look at it. And I look at it as how the enemy used baseball, right, to divide a family, to get them out of church. Well, the first thing he did was he got them out of church. Absolutely. When, he, when that happened, he divided them after that. Because now they're not hearing sound doctrine. 
now they're not going to their brother and saying, Hey bro, my marriage is a little rocky. Could you pray for me? Right. Or, and, and, you know, good counsel would say, you know, get, get a marriage counselor. Don't be embarrassed. You know, get this thing back on track. Let's help. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're literally cutting out that, those people in your life. You're cutting them out. And what are you bringing in? Exactly. The opposite. Yep. Because I know another scenario where folks worked as EMTs and they were, um, they were out of church too. Different scenario, different thing that got them out. But then they started to listen to the to the what do you call it? The water cooler talk. Yeah. And oh, this this you know that guy's no good for you, and this guy got divorced, and they're doing okay now because they got. And, and I watched another train wreck, and, and but they told me it was it was the the advice they were getting from worldly, ungodly, well-meaning friends, but people don't have a biblical footing, and. Things got shipwrecked. So there's two scenarios that I saw how important it is. And I know in my own life, if I'm not listening to the word of God, if I'm not confiding into a trusted brother in the Lord to pray for me about some serious stuff, then I'm susceptible to anything that the enemy wants, you know, because when the enemy starts pouring temptation your way, there's times when you're tempted, but then there's times you're tempted. Right. Right. And you got to have a battle plan. And one yeah. of those parts of the battle plan is is being in church. Absolutely, man. And I will tell you, for me, so we were probably out for about six months. So from March to September, you know, maybe August, maybe five months. Right. We decided, all right, like enough is enough. We've got, we got to get back in church. So the first, very first week that we came back to church, and the music started and we stood up and started worshiping, man, it was like my soul. Wow. It, it, I, I couldn't, can't even describe the feeling to you. Like, like pouring water on a desert. Yeah, exactly. And that's such a good analogy, man. I, yeah, it, I, yeah, it was like I was hydrated, mm. you know? And I said that to my wife when we were leaving was like, I didn't realize how much I needed to corporately worship because you can, you know, and we're doing it, you know, Alexa, play Hillsong United at home, you right. know, we're doing that. We're doing, you know, we're doing our church stream on Sundays. You know, was I paying attention? Not really. I've got three little ones running around, yeah, it's you a know, hard. it's a little hard, you know, but I'm doing during the week, I'm listening to sermons on podcasts and listening to other podcasts and trying, doing everything I could possibly think of to try to fill myself up with, you know what was lacking in my life, not really realizing that I needed to be with other people worshiping. Right. It's a big difference, isn't it? Yeah. And I've always been one of those guys that, you know, you hear people talk about heaven and how, yeah, we're just going to be sitting around worshiping all the time. Right. And I'm always like, I don't know if I'm, I'm up for that. Like, right. I don't know if I'm up for that, like just hanging around worshiping. 24-7 for eternity, like, it doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun for me. But I feel like I finally had a good understanding of why people are so excited for that because I, I'd missed it without even realizing that how much I'd missed it and how much I needed it. That's so cool. It was, yeah, and it's funny because I just had this conversation with a friend of mine, and he was like, wow, I felt the same way when I went back to church. And I wouldn't even, like, I wouldn't consider myself a big, like, worship music fan. Right. In fact, I'm like probably not a big, you know, I'm, 
I would rather not listen to worship music, you know, like the, the genre yeah. of worship music, like the Hillsong United genre. It's not really my cup of tea, but that's what we play in church. And it was just the fact that a group of people was praising God together and I'm taking part in that. It was like heavenly, man. Right. And I now I'm like looking forward to that part of it every week. Right. I love the sermons. You know, we have a great teaching pastor here um, and I love the sermons and I always take something away from it. But in my mind, and I think if you read scriptures biblically that that's not really what church is about and especially in these days right like we live in this time where you can access a, a great sermon 24 7 you All know you have you know on your phone you can pull up any great pastor and listen to a great sermon and be fed that way you could go to worrylessradio.com could, and yeah. listen to chris and tj 24 7 yeah 24 7 exactly <laughs> no, so i'm saying there's 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 Um, so many things that we can do, you know, do to access, you know, knowledge. And it's, it's amazing. And I love that. I, it's, it's such, in that sense, it's such an amazing time to be a Christian Yeah, because you can, you can learn so much about God and who God is and strengthen your relationship with him that way. But all of the tools that we have, I mean, we have Bibles in every translation in our pockets, you know, it's amazing. So it's funny because I've had this conversation with people before the pandemic. Wow. They're like, what are we doing at church? Like, mm. what is, like, it used to be, you know, like, why church started in the way that it started? So, like, our model of church, you know where it came from? So it came from in, like, the Middle Ages where there was really one guy in the town that could read. Wow. So that guy who could read would read the scriptures to the town. Wow. And so he would read. And I think, you know, you call into the show and correct me if I'm wrong on this. I think it was in Latin a lot. Oh yeah, it was. So so they would translate it, you know, Tind- so they would know. Tyndale was the guy who translated the Bible okay. from Latin to English. And you know what they did with Tyndale? Probably burn him at the stake, right? They, that's exactly what they did. You can Google it. <laughs> Anybody listening right now um, can Google it. Yeah, that's yeah. what they did. So that was the whole point, like where we have this like guy who gets up in front of people and teaches at church. That's where that started. Okay. was that there was one guy in the village who could read and he became the pastor essentially. Wow. Yeah. So that model has adapted and changed throughout the years, you know, where it became more about teaching, you know, than it, than it became about just meeting together. Right. So now we have this like very traditional model of church where, you know, we sing three worship songs and then there's a prayer and then there's a, a pastor that comes out and then it's followed up by one worship song and then we go home. You know, so that's like kind of where all that came from. But I think as the years have, have gone on so much about going to church, so much emphasis has been put on the message, which is great. I do love the message. I'm not saying the message isn't important. I do think it's still important. I also think it's good to sit with a group of believers and just listen, you know, but, you know, worshiping corporately in my mind, in my heart, like that's now we're like, I'm like, oh, okay, this is what it's about. It's about getting together and worshiping, you know, right. being around people who have the same beliefs as you, who can come alongside you, who can keep you accountable, who can pray for you, who can yeah. do, you know, do all this stuff with you, encourage walk you. alongside you, encourage you. So to sacrifice all that in the name of, of physical health when your spiritual health is literally on the line, your eternity is literally on the line. Right. It just, it's boggles my mind, man. 
And I think that, you know, if you go back to our old episodes, a few weeks back, we did an episode about Satan's schemes Mm -hmm. and definitely encourage you to go back and listen to that episode and you'll see the little ways Satan schemes in our, our lives. I think over the last, you know, 18 months, Satan has gotten very bold Right. Very bold. And we talk, we, you know, we talked about these little schemes that Satan does to knock us off the path. You know, he does pokes at us and, you know, these little things to just kind of veer us off the path a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And then you wake up one day and, you know, you're, you're going, off the path. Yeah. You're off the path. So if you're not aware of it, then you're going to be in big trouble. Well, now it's almost like Satan's just throwing it in our face like, hey, look at what I can do. Right. You know what I mean? Like, have you seen this thing? these Satan shoes that came out this past week. Yeah. I'm shocked. Is that not the craziest thing you've ever seen? It's the craziest thing. I mean, how bold is that? That is that, that first of all, there's like supposed to be human blood in these shoes. Yeah. There's literally human blood built into the soles of the shoes. And like who in the world would want one, anything that represents Satan, right? Two, who would want Anything that has blood, human blood, somebody's blood in their sneakers. And I, I haven't really followed up on it, but from what I'm told is, it's like, did it sell out? So they made 666 pairs. That's all they made. That's all they made, right? You the know, devil's number. The devil's six, number, 666. Six, six. They sold for a little over $1,000 a piece and they sold out within like seconds, I heard. Right. Yeah. So... So what's that tell you? What's that tell you? And so here's my thinking is like, so thankfully it's a Nike shoe. They, they took a Nike shoe. Thankfully, it is not a Nike endorsed product. Nike yeah, is I actually- Yeah, I heard Nike's actually suing. Nike's actually suing the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So there's- the, Yeah. It, it's some rapper. Yeah. I think his name's Lil Nas. Um, you know, and I read a little bit up on him and, you know, this will kind of lead me into the next thing that I want to talk about. So apparently this guy's a homosexual and in the name of homosexuality, he has flipped because in his mind, he's, he was so persecuted by the church, right? Which if, if this is true, it's so sad, but this is what he wrote was he was so persecuted by the church that if, if homosexuals aren't allowed in the church, this his basically his words right. that he was going to make hell a place for homosexuals. Oh my gosh. So now he's a, you know, pretty much outspoken yeah. Satanist and made these shoes and like he's know, going all out. Yeah, and he's going all out and he in the name of Satan. In the name of Satan and it's so sad cuz he clearly has a following. Yeah. You know, and he's yeah. clearly leading people in this direction. And I'm just like, man, what scary, you Scary scary to me because one there's a lot there that you just um unpacked. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm throwing but, a lot at you. But for our listeners, it's scary to me because I've never seen anything this bold. One, Mm-mm. right? Okay. We got sneakers out there now. Meanwhile, we've got these, this out. Meanwhile, we've got pastors across the country. Shutting their churches. Shutting down. their churches. Not only that, being arrested and locked up for having church service. Right. So on one side, yeah, like in, I think it was Nevada, you're only allowed to have 50 people. No matter how big you you could have a million-member church, but in Nevada, you're only allowed to have 50 people congregate um, because of the pandemic, you know, they, they, they said. But you are allowed to have the casinos open 
in Nevada. So you can go to a liquor so what store. We're seeing yep. is, you can go to a strip club. Right. Yeah. Well, they actually opened the casinos in Las Vegas before they opened the churches. And um, you know, to me, that's scary. Why is it scary? Well, <laughs> look at just what just came out for sale, you know. Shoes Satan with shoes. blood in them. Yeah. And dedicated to Satan, you know, and all these things. And for some people they might think, you know, listening, well, the devil's not real or, you know, laugh at it. However, the devil is very real. And, uh, you know, you know I, I gotta, I gotta jump in because you made a great point right there. Right. So for people listening and thinking that, because, you know, I, I found myself on this guy's Twitter page, you know, trying to figure out what the heck, you know, yeah. like what is, going, is on What's going on here? Who is this guy? And people are commenting like, because he's thrown out there those things about like, I was never accepted in the church and all this stuff. And people are commenting like, I'm so sorry. That's how you, you know, were right. treated. That's, that's not experience. right. Yeah. yeah. Like we love you. Right. Yeah. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Like you should have been loved. You know, you should have been loved on. You should have never been treated that way if that's true. That's right. And then there's other people that are like commenting on those comments saying, you like to Christians, you guys are crazy, like believing in this book that's a thousand, two thousand years old. And yeah. like, why would you even think that that is real? And meanwhile, I'm thinking like, and then they're so supportive of this guy with his Satan shoes. Right. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is exactly how Satan is working right now because right. they're literally, Satan is in the exact same book. Yeah. So if you're telling people they're crazy for believing this book, but yet they're, that, that this guy's not crazy for wanting to have these Satan shoes. What the heck is that about? Yeah. Well, you know, like that is exactly how Satan works. It's like, it's okay to believe that Satan exists. It's okay to make a Satan shoe, but it's not, not okay, okay to talk about Jesus. Right. Like Jesus doesn't exist, but it's okay to say Satan exists. Right. Satan, that's exact. That's li literally the same book you're talking about. To believe one exists, you have to believe yeah. the other exists. It's the same as, you know, it's okay to save the tree frog, which we've talked about right. here where we live. They will save that. They'll shut the bulldozer down. You will not get a building permit if they find a certain frog on your property. Right. Uh, and we, and hey, you know what? I mean, that's, you know, some people would agree and not agree with that, but it's okay to kill a baby, but it's not okay to kill a frog. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the Bible says in the last days, people are going to call what is good evil, what is actually good in the Lord's sight evil, and what is evil in the Lord's sight, people are going to call good. That's a good thing. And we're seeing Those it. Those sneakers, they're a good thing. Yep. Those... Way to live your truth, bro. You know, that's what they're saying. Yeah. Way to live you. That's... You do your thing. If it feels good, do it. If it feels good, do it. Yep. Right. So, but the, the, the thing about Satan is... What people have to remember is Jesus Christ, who is the Son of the living God, God in the flesh of a man. What did he call Satan? First of all, he called him the father of lies. Yeah. Satan does more damage in people's lives, TJ, with his number one weapon, which is the lie. That's right, the lie. And with that, we wrap up today's broadcast. If you want to hear how we resolve our conversation, you're going to have to tune in next week. If you're listening to us on Worry Less Radio, be sure to check out our podcasts wherever you download your podcasts. We'll see you next week.